شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فتري إن شاء الله تعالى وبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كتاب التوحيد الذي هو حق الله على العبيد by Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab Rahimahullah Ta'ala and today's lesson the first bab that we're taking inshaAllah Ta'ala is Babu Maja'a Fi Kathrat Al-Halif and this is talking about uh, taking many oaths يعني saying Wallahi a lot يعني a person takes a lot of oaths by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and what do we mean by a lot of oaths what we mean by, by Kathrat Al-Halif يعني كثير when, is it, when, does, when is it considered to be a lot and we say that Kathrat Al-Halif saying Wallahi or swearing by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala a lot is when you do it, when there is no need for it, haja, there's no need for it, or there's no benefit in it. There's no need for it, or there's no benefit in it. Yeah, and a person, for example, he's in court, and therefore he's, he's told by the, by the judge to swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In that case, we say there's a need. Or because there's a benefit. Because, for example, someone is uh, he's suspicious of him. And so he swears by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to uh, take away that suspicion that that person has of him. In that case, we say that swearing by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowed in that case. But, and other than that, a person needs to stay away from swearing by Allah a lot. And the reason for that is that generally if a person, everyone knows that if, when, when you use something a lot, then it becomes less in value. When something is used more often, it becomes less in value. And part of venerating and respecting Allah and His Tawheed is that you, you respect His name. So you don't use it in every situation. And a person, he's, he's, he's buying and selling, he says, Wallahi. He's playing football, he says, Wallahi. He's doing this, he always says, Wallahi. Everything that he's doing, he swears by Allah. Everything. This person has what? It shows that he has qillat ta'zim lillah. He has a lack of veneration, a lack of respect for Allah. We're not saying that a person's a kafir. We're not saying he has no respect for Allah. But it shows that your respect for Allah is not at the, po the highest point. It might be a bit lower than that now. Because you clearly, you're someone who uses this word very easily. So using this word very easily, when it, and you know what you're saying, when you know what you're saying, obviously some people it just it comes naturally in the tongue now. Like in, a person should try to stay away from that. A person knows what he's saying and he uses it a lot. And he's, يعني, he's someone who takes it lightly, then that comes under this. And because the reason why he puts it in Kitab al-Tawheed is because it shows a... Lack of respect for the name of Allah. So the evidence that he brings the first one is that he says, Allah says in the Quran, Protect your Iman, your oaths. Protect your oaths. What it means by that is two things. Number one is protect your oaths from breaking them. When you make an oath, don't break it. So, And number two is for a person to not swear by Allah. A lot unnecessarily. To not swear by Allah unnecessarily. And this ayah is talking about the one, the, the kafara, the penalty of breaking an oath. Allah says, That for the, the, the penalty for breaking an oath is that you feed, you clothe 
of a kafarat or a ta'am when you feed 10 people or you clothe them or you free a slave. Then if you cannot do any of these three things, then you fast three days if you break your oath. That is the penalty for breaking your oath. Then Allah says, But protect your oath. Don't just use it. Don't be someone who can use, who takes oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala easily and you just take it in an easy way. Okay? So uh, that is uh, the kafara. And a lot of people they think that the kafara of the penalty of breaking your oath is just fasting three days. And the correct thing is that you have to feed ten people or you have to clothe them. If you cannot do that because you haven't got any money or you, can, you, know, you can't find those poor people, then you're allowed to go on to fasting three days. Okay? That's the first evidence. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال أبو هريرة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم said الحلف منفقة للسلعة منحقة للكسب أخرجها أخرجها الحلف منفقة للسلعة Talking about when someone buying and selling He says والله I swear by Allah والله I got yesterday والله العظيم I got yesterday yesterday I got I'm saying it's brand new or he says والله I got it for this price and he's selling it he said he says والله I got it for this price and he's selling it uh, I'm selling it for, I'm not even making any, 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 any profit from this You know when they say that I'm not making no profit, Allah, no profit Okay That kind of, this, and it's, when it's lying, it's talking about when, when you lie So when a person swears by Allah to sell something whilst lying Saying for example, Allah is not broken Allah is new Allah I got yesterday or Allah is just, I'm not making any profit just for you Because you came from this country, no You can have it for free He's lying it says, this, this makes the, 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 the product sell. And if you swear by Allah, the customer is going to more likely to believe you. So it makes it sell. But it is kasb. It takes away the barakah of the profit that you make. And there's no good in, 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 in wealth that is profit has no barakah in it. Or that wealth has no barakah in it. So when it says, kasb, it takes away the barakah of the of the earnings and that shows that this halif that he's talking about is the one that is lying so what someone lying to sell his product then that person he's committed a sin and he has fallen into this swearing by Allah a lot uh, and we have another hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that from those people who uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Allah will not look at them on the day of judgment he says oh, is it going to come the Prophet Sallallahu is going to come the next نعم سنكم نكست حديث وعن سلمان أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال سلمان الفارسي narrated that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said ثلاثة لا يكلمهم الله three people Allah will not speak to them on the day of judgment ولا يزكيهم ولهم عذاب أليم no will he purify them from his sins ولهم عذاب أليم and they will have a painful punishment number one is أشيمط زان an old man who commits zina وعائل مستكبر and a poor person who is arrogant ورجل جعل الله بضاعته and a third person is the one who made Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his, his way of selling things. How? He doesn't sell anything except by, saying, by swearing by Allah. And he doesn't buy anything except, except for by saying, uh, swearing by Allah. So he made Allah the thing that he uses to buy and sell. And this, The old man who commits zina, and the poor person who is arrogant. What do they have in common? Why is it such a painful... Why? There's no right. There's no need to commit any sin. Ahsant. There's less likely for them to commit the sin. Yani, an old man, he has less desires to commit zina. 
So now if someone has less desires and he still commits the zina, then that person, his punishment is even worse because that shows that that old man has no respect to Allah. A poor person or a person who is in need and he's arrogant. And he's, being arrogant is bad enough if it comes from a, a rich person. So what about if someone, that person, he's in need and he's still arrogant? And that's also, it shows, so that's the principle in the Sharia we have from this hadith we understand. That every time the sin is harder to do or less likely for you to do, for you to do it, then the sin is, becomes worse. The sin becomes worse when it's harder to do or less likely to do it. For example, someone, he is in a place where it's very hard to commit this sin. It's very hard to commit it because of the country that he's in, for example, or because of the, the rules and regulations that are there. But he goes out of his ways to look for the sin just to get it. He wants to go and do that sin even though it's hard. And that should, that in the, for that person, that sin is worse in that situation. And we get that qa'idah, that principle from this hadith. But the point of this hadith is, He makes Allah the thing that he uses to sell. He doesn't buy or sell except by swearing by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. رواه الطبراني بسند صحيح وفي الصحيح عن إمران بن حسين رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إمران بن حسين رضي الله عنهما he narrates the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said خير أمتي قرني the best of generations is my ummah the best the best of my ummah is my generation ثم الذين يلونهم then the next generation ثم الذين يلونهم then the next generation so this is praising those three generations right he's praising them because he's saying they are the best generations so now he's going to say the opposite. He's going to, he's going to criticize the next generations. Imran, he said, I don't know if he said two or three generations after himself. Then after those three gen- good generations, there will come some bad generations. What is the sum of the characteristics of these bad people? They will, they will be a bear witness and no one asked them to bear witness. Yani they would... Uh, they would bear witness and no one asked them to be a witness in court. So they, yani they take it lightly basically. People who take witness in lightly. وَيَخُونُونَ وَلَا يؤتمنون, And they cheat and they're not people who are trustworthy. وَيَنْذُرُونَ وَلَا يوفون, And they swear, take oaths by Allah. They take nether by Allah. And they don't fulfill those oaths that they've taken by Allah. وَيَظْهَرُ فِيهِمُ السِّمَنِ And over, being overweight will become apparent upon, uh, in, in, amongst these people. As Ibn Mas'ud also narrated similar to that. Right? The point here is that they take nether by Allah, they, oath, they take oaths by Allah, and they don't fulfill those oaths. Which shows a They have very little veneration of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their hearts. Ibn Mas'ud narrates Again, the best generation is my generation. And then the ones after them, and then the ones after them. Then there will come a group of people who their bearing of witness will come before they're swearing by Allah. And the swearing by Allah will come before them bearing witness in courts, for example. The point that he's trying to make here is that they will take oaths all the time. It will just come out of the tongue, all the time. And this shows again a very a little... Veneration of Allah, same, same to before, same as before. Ibrahim, he says, who's Ibrahim? Ibn Yazid al-Nakhai. Ibrahim ibn Yazid al-Nakhai. The ulama of fiqh, when they mention Ibrahim, it's Ibrahim ibn Yazid al-Nakhai, generally. They said that they used to hit us when we would, taking oaths, 
when we were young. And you know when you're young and you say, Wallahi Allah, the parents used to hit them. He's talking about, they, he used to be talking about Kanu, they used to hit us. The students of Ibn Mas'ud. Because Ibn Rahim al Nakhai was from the students of the students of Ibn Mas'ud. Right? Like Al Aswad al Nakhai, Al Aswad bin Yazid al Nakhai, and, and those, those companions of Ibn Mas'ud, Al Qama. Those companions of Ibn Mas'ud, they used to hit them because they used to take oaths without any need. Out of teaching them that you shouldn't make your tongue used to swearing by Allah a lot. And this is something that's common amongst a lot of people today. That they just say wallahi for everything. Anything they just say wallahi. And that shows that they don't have much veneration for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and rectify our tongues. فيه مسائل الأولى الوصية بحفظ الإيمان We should protect our oaths الثانية number two الإخبار بأن الحليفة منفقة للسرعة ممحقة للبركة That swearing by Allah It might make your product sell But it takes away the baraka of the, of the Prophet الثالثة الوعيد الشديد في من لا يبيع إلا بيمينه ولا يشتري إلا بيمينه The threat that has come with regards to the one who buys and sells only with his with, the, with his oaths by Allah. There's the principle, huh? That the sin is worse when there is no, there's not much calling you to do that sin. There's not much calling you to do that sin, but you still do it. Then in that case, that sin is worse. Criticizing those people, so it's bad. It shows that it is bad for a person to take an oath by Allah. No one asked them to take an oath. They just say it out of their own selves. السادسة ثناؤه صلى الله عليه وسلم على القرون الثلاثة والأربعة وذكر ما يحدث بعدهم السابعة ذم الذين يشهدون ولا يستشهدون those people who take who bear witness and they weren't called to bear witness ثامنة كون السلف يضربون الصغار على شهادة العهد السلف they used to hit the young children for that the next one the next chapter is for taking a lot of oaths by Allah the next chapter is باب ما جاء في ذمة الله وذمة نبيه and this is talking about again Again, it is uh, words on the tongue that is that should be stayed away from, even though they're not things. Words on the tongue that should be stayed away from, because it shows a lack of veneration to Allah, or it can lead to a lack of veneration to Allah. And this is dhimma, and dhimma is to give a kafir protection by to give a kafir a protection. يعني, uh, when the Muslims are in the Muslim lands and a kafir is coming to the country, then any Muslim can go and say, this person's under my protection, no one touch him. In that case, uh, even if he's a harbi, even if he's a combatant, يعني he's fighting against the Muslims or anything like that, he's from a country that are fighting against the Muslims, then no one's allowed to touch him. Because the Prophet said that all of the Muslims, their dhimma is one. Dhimma to muslim is wahida. The dhimma of the Muslims is one. We're going to learn in Kitab al-Jihad in Fiqh. That the Muslim is allowed to protect anyone. Man or woman, they're allowed to protect anyone. And whoever they protect, then they have to be protected. No one's allowed to touch them. And this concept of dhimma is not really known amongst a lot of people today, but it's, it's something that was known amongst the Arabs. And the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa narrated by Bukhari from Ummu Hani, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, قَدْ أَجَرْنَا مَنْ أَجَرْنَاكِ يَا أُمَّ هَانِ When Ummu Hani gave protection to someone during the Fath, the conquest of Mecca, and some of the companions, they said, Wallahi, we're going to kill that person. That's so Ummu Hani came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and said, what happened? And so the Prophet said, we have protected whoever you have protected, Umm Muhani. Yeah, you protected. You can't touch anyone. And so how do you protect someone? You say, I give you my protection. And the point here is, don't give them the protection of Allah. Don't say, I've given you the protection of Allah. Why? 
Because you're trying to speak on behalf of Allah. Mm, no, not because you're trying to speak on behalf of Allah. Because you might not be able to protect him. Yeah, and you protect someone and then he, 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 something happens to him. Then you, you're given in the protection of Allah and, and then they, they haven't been protected. And that's the, that's the disrespect of Allah. You understand? So give me your protection. That's what it speaks about here. وقول الله تعالى وأوفوا بعهد الله إذا عاهدتم ولا تنقضوا الأيمان بعد توكيدها ففيل the commandments of Allah ففيل the 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 covenants of Allah يعني someone gives a covenant by Allah then we've been commanded to fulfill it in the Quran and that shows that أوفوا بعهد الله by the covenants of Allah so every covenant that has the name of Allah it becomes bigger and greater in the hearts of the Muslim and so then he brings a long hadith عن بريدة قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام when he would send a, an, an army and he would give a leader, he would put a leader to the army and he would put a leader on the, on the army, there would be a leader for the army He would tell him privately, fear Allah and he would give him He would command the leader to be good to these Muslims So he said, go to the battle in the name of Allah قاتلوا في سبيل الله من كفر بالله. Go and fight in the path of path of Allah those who disbelieve in Allah. أغزو ولا تغلو. Go and go to the battle and do not steal. So you're not allowed to steal in in, in war. ولا تغدروا and do not cheat. ولا تمثلوا and do not mutate bodies. ولا تقتلوا وليدا and do not kill kill children. وإذا لقيت عدوك من المشركين فدعهم إلى ثلاث خصال. And when you meet the enemy of the mushrikeen, then call them to three things before you fight them. أو خلال if they accept any one of them, then accept it from them. Don't fight them. عنهم and leave them. ثم إلى الإسلام. Then call them to Islam. So that's the first one. فإن أجابوك. If they accept Islam, فقبل منهم. ثم ثم then accept it from them. ثم دعوهم إلى التحول من دارهم. Then when they accept Islam, call them to come and do hijra. من دارهم إلى دار المهاجرين. To the Medina, to the place of the Muhajirin. وأخبرهم أنهم انفعلوا ذلك أن تأذن if they become Muslim and they do هجرة فانفعلوا ذلك فلهم مال المهاجرين they will be given the benefits of being from the مهاجرين وعليهم ما على المهاجرين and they will be also the responsibilities of being from the مهاجرين will be upon them as well meaning they will be like any other Muslim they will be given the the benefits of being a Muslim in the dunya and in the آخرة and just like every other Muslim if they commit a crime they also be punished for it فإن أبوا يتحولوا منها if they don't want to leave their land فأخبرهم أنهم يكونون كأعراب المسلمين. Then tell them that they will be like the Bedouin, the Muslim Bedouins. Muslim Bedouins, يعني Bedouins who have no, they have no no place to live. Bedouins don't live anywhere. They just go around with their camels and their animals, and they look for rain and and uh, and, and, and grass. Wherever they find rain and grass, they eat it. The, the animals eat it, and they move on. So these Arab, some of the Bedouins, they were Muslims. So what's the ruling of these Bedouins who do not live in Medina or the lands of the Muslims? يجري عليهم حكم الله. The ruling of Allah is upon them. Whatever they do, they will be punished for it if it's bad. But they, they do not get any of the benefits, such as the spoils of war, the money that comes from war. Unless they were part of the army with the Muslims. So if they reject becoming Muslim, then ask them for jizya. Jizya is the tax that is on the non-Muslims. If they accept to give jizya, then... Accept it from them and leave them, don't fight them. فَإِنْهُمْ أَبَوْ If they reject that now, the third option is فَاسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ وَقَاتِلْهُمْ Then seek help with Allah and fight them. وَإِذَا حَاصَرْتَ أَهْلَ حِصْنٍ 
If you now surround a fortress of people, a fortress, a tribe, or a village, you surround them. And they ask you, we're going to come out of this fortress, we're going to come out because you, you now surrounded the village. So they have nowhere to go. So they want to surrender. But they're only going to surrender with one condition, that you protect us. So they said, if they ask you, protect us by Allah, give us the dhimma of Allah. Don't give them the dhimma of the protection of Allah, or the, the protection of the Prophet But, Give them your protection. So don't say we're going to give you the protection of Allah. Say we're going to give you our protection. Because for you to fail in fulfilling your own promise is less in terms of how severe it is than to fail in the promise that you're given by Allah. So give them your own promise, don't give them their promise, the promise of Allah. So that's the point of the hadith, the whole hadith is just about that sentence. Don't give them the protection of Allah. If you now surround a group of, of a village or of people in a fortress, then don't give them the hukum of Allah. Don't say we're going to come down to the hukum of Allah, surrender to the hukum of Allah. No. But rather give them your own hukum, which you think is the hukum of Allah. Because you might, فَإِنَّكَ لَا تَدْرِي أَتُصِيبُ حُكْمَ اللَّهِ فِيهِمْ أَمْ لَا You don't know if you're actually going to give them the, the ruling of Allah or not. You might make a mistake in ijtihad. You might give them the wrong ruling. Yes, you should try hard to make sure that it is only the hukum of Allah. And it's only allowed for you to give them the hukum of Allah, the ruling of Allah. But you might make a mistake. And so therefore, you say this is our hukum, not the hukum of Allah. So that you don't, that if you now, if they now, for example, if you gave them the protection of Allah, and then some of them are oppressed, then the other people they're gonna, they're gonna say, what? These, these people don't respect Allah. So how how can I become Muslim if the Muslims themselves don't even respect their their, their, their Creator, their, who they worship, right? So that's the from the wisdoms of that, and that's the point of that, which is something that, inshaAllah Taala, doesn't happen too much in our times here. There's a difference between the protection of Allah and the Prophet and the Muslims. That you should do the least of the severe things. Remember, we start off become Muslim, then you jizya, then you fight them. Qawluhu the next one is Babu Maja fil Iksami Allah. Al Iksamu Allah. What is the ruling on it? Iqsamu Allah is for a person to swear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swear swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that something is gonna happen or not. Yeah, and what it's talking about is for a person, for example, to say, Wallahi, Allah is not going to do this. Okay? Wallahi, Allah is going to give me this. Wallahi, Allah is going to help you. Wallahi, Allah is not going to help you at all. What's the ruling on that? Then we say the ruling on that differs. The first situation is that if a person does it out of arrogance, he does it out of arrogance. Yeah, he says, Wallahi, Allah is not going to forgive you. You're too sinful. He's arrogant, he thinks, that he's, he thinks he's big and he thinks Allah can't forgive someone else. And this is not allowed and it's haram. And it's a major sin. And generally, 
to swear that Allah is going to do something or not, when it's not out of arrogance, then it's disliked. Out of ignorance, oh no, no, not out of arrogance, but out of anything, it's just likes generally, it's just disliked. For you to say, Wallah, Allah is going to do something, Who, how do you know Allah is going to do it? We say out of ignorance, not arrogance. No, I didn't say out of arrogance, no. It's not out of arrogance. Ignorance. I know, I didn't say ignorance. I'm saying the second one is disliked. It's disliked, yeah. Okay. Is that when it's not out of arrogance? Generally. It's just not out, it's not ignorance or arrogance, none of that. It's just generally, it's always disliked. Jansan? Yeah. And out of arrogance, it is haram. Other than that, it's disliked. With one exception. Yeah. And the last and the, and the exception to that is for a person who has complete thiqa, complete trust in Allah, and he knows of himself a high level of iman. Then in that case, it's allowed when it's when it's based on husnul dhani billah, when it's based on good thoughts of Allah. Write that down and I'll explain it, inshallah. Someone who has certainty in Allah and he's he's trusts himself. He does not trust himself, but he, he knows of himself a level of Iman. And it's based on? Based on what? Husnudhani Billah. So the example of that is Al-Bara ibn Azib radiallahu anhu, for example. When Al-Bara, or some, one of the companions, his sister hit someone else's tooth, and the, the tooth was taken out. And so they wanted Qisas. They wanted for that, the, 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 the lady, her tooth to be taken out as well. Because she broke someone else's tooth, then your tooth is going to be broken. So the Prophet said, this is the hukum of Allah. So Al-Bara said, Wallahi, her tooth is not going to be broken. So the Prophet said, this is the hukum of Allah. He said, Wallahi, her tooth is not going to be broken. And so, after the family, they came and they said, we forgive her. And so the Prophet said, inna min ibadillahi, man law aqsama ala Allahi that from the slaves of Allah are those that if they swear by Allah, Allah will give them what they swear by. And that shows a high level of Iman. Right? And this is something that was known amongst some of the Salaf of this Ummah, especially from some of the Sahaba. When we have uh, the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, he said, That maybe there's someone who's not known. He's someone who's he's pushed at the doors. When he's at the door, he's pushed out of the way. Mudfu'an above. Ash'atha, his hair is long and it's just messed up. Ash'atha akbar, his hair is dusty, not long. Dusty hair. Okay? Like he says, Allah, the Prophet said, This person, law aqsama ala Allah, if he swears by Allah, Allah will make sure it happens. Whatever he says, he will make sure it happens. And that shows only on a high level of iman. And a person who has certainty of Allah, based on husn al-dhan, based on something that's good. Based on something that's good, having good thoughts on Allah. And from amongst the stories that Ibn Taymiyyah ta'ala, when he was in the battle against the Tatar, the, Mongol, the, the Mongolians, يعني, the Tatar, when they came and they were attacking the Muslim lands, Sheikh Abu Abbas Ibn Taymiyyah ta'ala, he said there are people after giving them a khutbah, he went to the Egyptian, Egyptian leader at that time, because uh, at that time there were different leaders for different parts of the Muslim lands. So the Sham, the, 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 he went to the Egyptian leader in order to gain to gain some backup. So he ran on a horse. He went on a horse, Al-Barid. The horses that are used for carrying letters. And what they would do is that you get a horse, normally from Egypt to Sham, to Syria, or Damascus, it would take a long period of time. But they would be able to cut it in one week when you use that type of horse. Because that horse, what happens is that they take that horse, it runs full speed to the next stop. 
when you get to that stop, you jump on another one. It goes full speed. And, then, and, and so he got to Egypt in one week. And he gave khutbah to them and he came back and he brought the army with, with him. Because he gave a, a khutbah that shook the people, saying that if you guys don't help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you don't help this religion, then all of the Muslims are going to die. The, the Tatar, they already act, uh, attacked Baghdad before that. And they killed the Khalifa. And they took, uh, and one million people died in Baghdad. A few hundred years before that. One million people were killed in Baghdad to the point that the, the people were killed, the, the stench was so bad that they caused the plague in Syria. The people in Iraq, the stench was so bad it caused a plague in Syria and a lot of people were killed in there as well. Because the air, it polluted the air. Uh, when the Tatar were coming to Sham and they found out the, the, the news that they were taken, the Tatar were, were يعني, savage people, people who weren't, يعني, they weren't civilized people. They would kill anything in their way. And they were coming to, closer to Syria. When Ibn Taymiyyah was in the army, and he was about to fight. He was talking to the people just before he got, just before the army, the fight started, and he brought with him the army from Egypt, and he said, "Wallahi, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is going to give us victory today." And then they said, "Yeah." He said, "Yeah." They, they asked him. He said, "Qul insha Allah, say insha Allah." Ibn Taymiyyah said, "Wallahi, Allah is going to give us victory today." Insha Allah, tahqiqan la taaliqan. Insha Allah, meaning Allah, I'm not, I'm sure. No, I'm not. I'm not saying no. يعني, it's insha Allah. I'm saying, Wallahi, Allah is going to give victory to us today. And so they won at that battle after that. And that's the end of the Tatar at that time. During the battle that Ibn Taymiyyah was part of. So, the stories of that are many. Things like that are many. And a story that comes to mind, Wallahu alam, is not something that I recommend you guys to do. Like in a story that comes to mind, Allahu alam, how authentic it is. And some of the ulama of the Salaf, they brought it. They said that a man from the... SubhanAllah, Wallahu alam, I forgot the name. Um... He sent someone else to go and buy a garden for him for 100 dirham, 100 dinar, sorry, 100 gold coins, a lot of money, or 1,000 gold, 10,000 gold coins, sorry, 10,000 gold coins, that's a lot of money, 10,000 gold coins, that means 100,000, 200,000 pounds, something like that. So he went out and he went and he came back and he said, what did you buy? He said, I bought you a garden. What garden? He said, I bought you a garden in Jannah by giving it to charity. So... So the man said, okay, give me a receipt. Give me the proof of it. So he wrote it. He wrote the receipt for it. And so in his sleep, he saw a dream in his sleep saying, We've given you what you've done. Yani we've given you that promise. We're going to make it true for that person. But don't do that again. Yani that person that went to buy a garden, that 100,000 pounds, inshallah, will be a means for him for Jannah, for that charity. But don't do that again. Okay, and that's a story that some of, the, some of them they mention. Wallahu alam. The point is here, and the point here isn't just for that story, is that it's to understand the concept. Do you guys understand the concept of, of Other than that, then the Laqsam Allah comes under these two rulings, okay? Either it's haram or it's disliked. Taybusta hadith and Jundub ibn Abdullahi radiallahu anhu qal, he said, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Qala Rajul. A man, he said, and it has a story behind this hadith. The story is that a man who was a worshipper, he used to worship Allah a lot. He was walking past a man and he would see him every single time doing a sin. Every time he would go past him, he would see him he's sinning. All the time, he's just sinning. So he says, one day, and every time he walked past him, he would say to him, stop doing your sin. And so one day, he saw him doing a sin, a worse sin. And so he said to him, Wallahi la yaghfirullahu li fulan. He said, Wallahi Allah is not going to forgive this person. فَقَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ So Allah responded to him and he said مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَتَأَلَّى عَلَيَّ أَلَّا أَغْفِرَ لِفُلَانِ 
who's going to swear by me that I'm not going to forgive so-and-so? How can you swear by Allah that someone, Allah is not going to forgive someone? Allah says, Inni qad lah, I've forgiven him. Amalak, and I've made all of your deeds null and void. That worship his deeds became null and void, finished, because of what he said. Muslim, by Muslim is Sahih. Abu Hurairah, in hadith Abu Hurairah, Abu Hurairah anhu, he narrates, he says, he comments on this hadith, he says, An rajulun abid. The one who said this was a person who was a worshipper. قال أبو هريرة أبو هريرة يسد تكلم بكلمة أوبقت دنياه وآخرته. He spoke of he spoke one word that destroyed his dunya and his akhirah. That one word that he said about this person that Allah is not going to forgive him destroyed his whole dunya and his whole akhirah. Now Musa had a question earlier. No, it was done out of arrogance. يعني would it have taken out of Islam? It would have taken him out of Islam if he believed that Allah cannot forgive him. Did he believe that Allah will? Like in, as generally we say that this is a principle that uh, it is haram and not a kufr. It's not kufr. Al-Ula tahdir. So the masail of this chapter is, so that's the importance of this. Iqsam Allah, yansanda, huh? Swearing by Allah. You can't swear by Allah, Allah is not going to do something. Or Allah is going to do something in those situations. No. no, of course. Promise doesn't, doesn't come under this. That's different. If it, you're allowed to do it out of knowledge because you know the hadith says that this will happen. Yes, it will happen. We know it's happening. So it's not like Sam Allah. It's just telling us what the hadith says. So it's different. Mm. The first masala is that we should stay away from swearing on Allah. Swearing on Allah, يعني, to use in Allah to swear that something's going to happen. That the hellfire is closer to one of us than our, our shoelaces. This man, he spoke one word that ended him up into the hellfire, took him to the hellfire. One word. Destroyed his dunya and the akhirah. And there's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, النار أقرب إلى أحدكم من شراك نعله والجنة كذلك. The hellfire is closer to one of you than your own shoelaces. And Jannah is also close. يعني one word will take you to Jannah. One word, one action will take you to the hellfire. And that shows this here in this hadith. Yeah. Any sin that you repent for, you're forgiven. Any sin that you repent for is forgiven. Even shirk. الثالث أن الجنة مثل ذلك. Jannah is like that. الرابع فيه شاهد لقوله إن الرجل يتكلم بالكلمة إلى آخره. So speaking one word, it take you to Jannah or Hellfire. الخامس أن الرجل قد يغ قد يغفر له بسبب بسبب هو من أكره الأمور إليه. That a person may be forgiven for a reason, for something that is one of the hate, most hated things to him. The next chapter is لا يستشفع بالله على خلقه Again, this is part of respecting Allah as well. And that is using Allah as an interceder between you and the creation. Using Allah as an interceder between you and the creation. How is that done? That is by you say, Oh Allah, I intercede. Oh Allah, I, I use you as an interceder to allow, to make so and so help me. يعني you say, Someone says, uh, as they say, they have this comment, Wasita. Wasita. Who's your Wasita? Who's the one who's going to help you out to get this process done in certain Arab countries? You need to get some paperwork done. You say, Allah is, gonna, Allah is my Wasita. Allah is the one who helps me out. Yani Allah is the one who I go to in order to convince this person. Do you understand? Yani if, I, if, I need, if I go have a need, I have a need. I go to someone. Can you do this for me? If I don't, if I don't know him, I say, Yo, you know this brother. Ask him for me, please. Making Allah that person. Allah, make this person help me please. Go to that. You understand? Using Allah. What's that show? 
disrespect to Allah. Why? Because you're saying Allah is lower than that person. If, if you want to go to a king or a leader or someone who's who has uh, is going to, who is able to give you something, you're gonna need it. You might need an interceder to intercede on your behalf for, for that person, right? So now you using Allah as an interceder. It obviously shows that you for you to say that it's as if that person is higher than Allah. Because generally the one who you use to intercede on your behalf is, is lower than the person you're asking, right? Right? Yeah. You understand that concept? Yeah. That's what it is. It's not allowed. Mm. Um, with the hadith you yeah, and this is something that will happen on their judgment. So Allah will enter him into the hellfire. But Allah will say to that person on their judgment. That's what it is, the principle, yeah. You know, you're saying using Allah as an interceder. What if it's you're asking Allah as a dua? No. Yeah, that's different. Asking a dua, making dua to Allah, or Allah make him help me. Then that is what asking Allah to control that person. You understand? To control that person to help me. But as for you go to that person and you said, Who's going to intercede for you? Allah is my interceder. But something like that, then it's not allowed. No, no. It's not similar to the salesman when he's using Allah to sell and buy. No, that's just different. That's different. That's just to convince people. It's a bit different. Mm. This is haram. Haram. It's not allowed. To use Allah's interceder for his creation is not allowed. So he says, and Jubair ibn Mut'im, Jubair ibn Mut'im, he narrates, And man came to the Prophet Our people have been dying because of drought. And our children have become hungry. And our wealth have been has been destroyed. So ask Allah to, to bring rain. Oh, Prophet ask Allah to bring rain. Because we make Allah an interceder in front of you. Yeah, I'm asking you to do this, and my interceder to ask you is Allah. Do Allah, and I take you as an interceder in front of Allah. The point was which sentence? The first or the second sentence? The first one, when he said, I ask Allah to be an interceder for you, in front of you. And I'm asking you, and Allah is my interceder, please, uh, please make dua. Okay? فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. And it shows to say, Subhanallah, when it comes to a time of hardship or a time of shock. فَمَا زَالَ يُسَبِّحَ And he carried on saying, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. حَتَّى عُرِفَ ذَلِكَ فِي وُجُوهِ أَصْحَابِهِ Until this was seen in the faces of his companions. ثُمَّ قَالَ He said, وَيْحَكَ أَتَدْرِي مَا الله Woe, to be, woe be to you, do you know who Allah is? Inna sha'na Allahi a'azamu min thalik. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is greater than that. Innahu la yustashfa'u billahi ala ahad. You do not make Allah as an interceder in front of any, anyone. And it shows the importance of tawheed in the heart of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How angry he got at that, about, about this one statement. And his importance of tawheed, right? Innahu la yustashfa'u billahi ala ahad. That we do not, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be an interceder in front of everyone, in front of anyone. And that showed that it is haram. وَذَكَرَ الْحَدِيثِ رَوَاهُ أَبُو دَاوُدِ Narrated by Abu Dawood. فِيهِ مَسَائِلْ Number one is إِنْكَارُهُ عَلَى مَنْ قَالَ نَسْتَشْفِعُ بِاللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ So doing that is not allowed. تَغَيُّرُهُ تَغَيُّرًا عُرِفَ فِي وُجُوهِ أَصْحَابِهِ مِنْ هَذِي الْكَلِيمِ The Prophet ﷺ, his face changed 
because of this word that was said. That shows how great it is, how, how bad it is. But he did not get angry at the, the second sentence that we ask you to be interceding in front of Allah. And it shows what subhanAllah means, meaning Allah is above that. SubhanAllah, يعني, subhanAllah, Allah is exalted. Allah is above that. That's what it means, subhanAllah, generally. The Muslims used to ask the Prophet وسلم, to seek rain for them. And that is something that's allowed to ask the Prophet وسلم, when he was alive to seek rain. As for after he died, then you are allowed to go to the Prophet وسلم, and ask him for rain. Or ask him to ask Allah for rain. No, it's not. And in order to shirk, it's not allowed. باب ما جاء في حماية المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم حمية التوحيد وسده طرق الشرك. How the Prophet صلى الله this chapter is showing how the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام he closed all doors to shirk and he protected the borders of توحيد. توحيد is the greatest thing in Islam. Worshiping Allah alone. The Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام protected it from all angles. When it comes to going to extremes, when it comes to even words, as we're going to see here. That we remember we went through a chapter like this, right? Himayatul Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himat tawheed wa saddihi turuq al musilati ilish shirk. But that was from a different angle, right? What angle was it? If you guys remember. That was near the beginning of the book. Hmm? How? In terms of actions. Yeah, and don't go overboard with actions. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he protected tawheed. Here's speech, right? Actions. Sayyid, no, that's, that's here. Over there, I was talking about uh, when they said, uh, what was the hadith? لا تطرون كما أطرت النصارى ابن مريم إنما أنا and brought another hadith. It was a hadith of the Qubur. لا تجعل الناس اتخاذ القبور المساجد. يعني أنت خيرنا وابن خيرنا وسيدنا وابن سيدنا. هي صح هكذا هي زو. لكن ده نظ نظ حديث ده شابتر ده سبق معه. Actions. So from this one is just talking about this is this is the hadith. No, that one, this is this one. This one أنت خيرنا وابن خيرنا وسيدنا وابن سيدنا. That one is different. Go back to it. What's the hadith? Okay. It's going to be a bit long to go back to. Okay. Um, نعم. So this is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam not allowing any person to even get to the path of shirk with even his words, and this shows how the the the, the da'wah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was important to tawheed. Guys, I want to give you guys an important lesson here. This tawheed has become strange. Da'wah to tawheed has become strange. For a number of reasons, and the main reasons is because of du'at, people who are calling to Allah, and they're not mentioning Tawheed in any of their lectures, any of their talks. Nothing, no Tawheed in the lectures and talks, to the point that when you mention Tawheed, there's something that's strange. They start looking at you as if you're ISIS, or Khawarij, or something like that. You're talking about Tawheed, worshipping Allah alone, they say you're extreme. Tawheed, the one that the Prophet ﷺ was calling to until he died. The Prophet ﷺ, when he was on his grave, he says, لا تتخذوا القبور مساجد لعن الله لعنة الله على اليهود والنصارى Allah cursed the Jews and the Christians because they took the graves of their prophets as masajid. He's about to die. Don't take my grave as a masjid. Don't come to pray in my grave. Even and this is not just Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is all of the prophets. 
Ibrahim when he was dying. Ya'qub when he was dying, he said, Ya Baniya, O oh my sons, my children, twelve of his children, he grabbed them. Who are the, who are the children of Ya'qub? Prophet, the Prophet Yusuf and Binyamin, these righteous people. Well, Asbat, the four, the twelve tribes of the children of Israel, Banu Israel. These are people who are the children of a prophet, and himself Yusuf is a prophet. Yusuf is a prophet himself. He still gathered them together. Before he died, he says, Ma ta'buduna min ba'di, what are you going to worship after me? And you're asking a prophet, what are you going to worship? Asking a prophet, what are you going to worship after me? Why? For Tawheed. قَالُوا نَعْبُدُ إِلَاهَكَ وَإِلَاهَ آبَائِكَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَعِيلَ وَإِسْحَاقَ إِلَاهًا وَاحِدًا وَنَحْنُ لَهُ مُسْلِمُونَ He said, we're going to worship you, your, your Creator, your Lord, and the creator, Lord of Ibrahim, and Ismail and Ishaq. One Lord. We're going to worship Allah. This is at, at when? At the time of death. After all of the da'wah. This, that's the Ya'qub, and that's Ibrahim. That's the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So how is this now calling to Tawheed something strange? Saying to people, stop worshipping the graves. Stop doing bid'ah. Stop doing innovations that lead to shirk. Because the, some of the scholars, they would say, al-shirku or al-bid'ah, al-bid'ah to sharaku al-ishraq. The bid'ah innovation is the, the web, sharak al-ishraq. It's the web that leads to shirk. So now, how is it now possible that tawheed becomes something strange? Other than the fact that the du'at, a lot, some, some of them, some of them, that they, everything they speak about, everything other than, other than Tawheed. Something happened in the community. There's, there's, there's a big issue that's popular to talk about. It's popular to talk about. So they talk about it. Because they have to speak out. You have to speak out these days about everything. Because it's popular. Like when it comes to people worshipping graves. No, leave the Muslims. They're all Muslims, okay. They're worshipping graves in front of Allah. They're worshipping other than Allah. It's okay. The Prophet said this wasn't his da'wah. And it wasn't the da'wah of all of the Prophets. And that's why from this we understand when you look at this book, you look at this book, this chapter here, and you look at those scenes where Tawheed is being emphasized, and then you look at the da'wah that a lot of a lot of people how it's going today, you understand the hadith of the Prophet when he said, Bada Islam Gariban Gariban. Islam started off as something strange, like this. And it's gonna end up as something strange. This is the true Islam, but it's strange. This is the true Islam, but it's something strange. So the Prophet said, Fatuba lil so, Tuba, all good in the dunya and the akhirah is going to be for the ghuraba. So, the point is, my brothers and sisters here, is that call, make sure that Tawheed is at the front of your, the, the front of your, of your da'wah, the front of what you call to people. The main thing that you talk about is Tawheed. And don't, be, don't listen to those people who say, eh, they're just Tawheed, Tawheed, we're Muslims. The Prophet wasallam was he not talking to Muslims when he said, don't take my grave as a masjid? He was talking to the best Muslims, the Sahaba. After all of the da'wah, 10 years of, or 23 years of da'wah, 10 years in Medina, 23 years of da'wah, they, they started off with Tawheed. At the end, they're still speaking about Tawheed. They didn't say, why are, you, why are you talking about Tawheed? We're still Muslims. We understand Tawheed. Then there's going to come a generation who said, we understand Tawheed, but they never understood it. So they need to keep on repeating it and protecting it and speaking out against anything that even touches Tawheed. Anything. And we're going to see it here. Look what the Prophet said. عن عبد الله بن الشخير رضي الله عنه قال انطلقت انطلقت في وفد بني عامر I was part of the comfort the, the, the delegations of the, the tribe of Banu Amir in the year uh, the, during the end of the life of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم after Mecca was conquested Arabs they entered into the deen of Allah أفواجا إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا you're going to see the people enter into the religion of Allah in groups that's after the conquest of Mecca the Muslim, the Arabs, they were entering from all around the Arabian Peninsula. They were coming to give pledge of allegiance to the Prophet Tribes, different tribes. So from amongst these tribes was Banu Amir. 
He said, uh, Abdullah ibn Shakhir, he said, I was part of the, tri or the delegation that was sent from Banu Amir. فَقُلْنَا أَنْتَ سَيِّدُنَا So we said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are our Sayyid, أَنْتَ سَيِّدُنَا فَقَالَ سَيِّدُ اللَّهِ Allah is the Sayyid. يعني our leader, our master. The word Sayyid is allowed to be used for human being. It is allowed. It is. It's fine. You can say Sayyiduna, you're allowed to say it. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَنَا سَيِّدُ وَلَدِ آدَمُ وَلَا فَخْرَ I am the leader of the children of Adam on the day of judgment and I'm not showing off. So you're allowed to use it. Like look how the new Muslims, he just became Muslim, he wants to close that door of, extre of, of, of extremism or يعني, going overboard. Close that door. Don't call me Sayyid. Sayyidullah. Allah is the Sayyid. قُلْنَا وَأَفْضَلُنَا فَضْلًا وَأَعْظَمُنَا طَوْلًا And you have the most virtues amongst us and you have the most uh, يعني, things that you've done for us. You give us the, the most blessings. فقال, فقال, the Prophet وسلم, said, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ يعني, Relax basically. Say what you normally say. Don't, don't go overboard with me. He's the Prophet Don't go overboard. This is the Prophet وسلم, the one who the companions would fight for his wudu water. They would go under and they'd take his wudu and they wipe it over. It's something that's allowed. Like when it comes to these people, they're going overboard when it comes to the words. Relax. Say what you're used to saying. Some of the scholars, they explain the sentence, say what you're used to saying. Because the Arabs, they weren't people who used to like al-qab. They weren't people who used to like names. The maximum that a person will be given is his kunya. That's how to respect someone amongst those jahili Arabs. And the early Muslim Arabs. That's why you find in the books of fiqh, what do they call Imam al-Shafi'i? Abu Abdullah. Qala Abu Abdullah al-Shafi'i. Imam Ahmed. Qala qultu li Abi Abdullah. In the books of Khalal Abu Dawood, the Masail of Imam Ahmed. They call qultu li Abi Abdullah. Qultu li Abi Hanifa. Qultu li Abi Abdullah Malik ibn Anas. The three of them are Abu Abdullah, Abu Abdullah, Abdullah. Malik, Imam Ahmed, and Imam al-Shafi'i. Abu Hanifa had his own kunya, Abu Hanifa. So they would, they would use the kunya maximum. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ يعني don't, don't go overboard. We're Arabs. We're not used to this kind of things. Right? These, these alqab. Alqab is not something that is praiseworthy amongst those Arabs, nor is it praiseworthy in Islam, amongst Muslims. It's not something that's praiseworthy. Always calling people these uh, huge alqab, especially when they're not befitting for it. Everyone is called Shaykh, everyone's called this, everyone's called it. It's not something that's befitting to give everyone these titles. أَوْ بَعْضِ قَوْلِكُمْ Say what you're used to saying. وَلَا يَسْتَجْرِيَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ Don't let shaitan drag you on. Why? Because it starts off with extremism in words and it ends up in extremism in worship. Did you find it? Yeah. It's the same chapter heading like Mustafa. قبور ها؟ so the first one, the, the first chapter, Himayatul Mustafa, how the Prophet وسلم, protected Tawheed by rejecting and stopping extremism with regards to actions. Here he is stopping extremism, extremism in words and speech. Is that why he named the title the same thing? Because it's kind of. It's the same thing, yeah. yeah. It's the same thing because it's the same point, protecting Tawheed, but from this, uh, different angles. Oh. Yeah. Is he speaking to the new Muslims that entered Islam because he was scared that they didn't know? Naam, is he speaking to the new Muslims who entered Islam? Of course, yes he is. And the reason why he's teaching them this is because the new Muslims, they might, they, they're close to shirk. طيب, رواها أبو داود بسند جيد وعن أنس أن ناسا قالوا أنس بن مالك said some people, they said يا رسول الله ومسنجر الله يا خيرنا وابن خيرنا وسيدنا وابن سيدنا Oh best of us and the son of the best of us and our leader and the son of our leader. And he praising, go overboard and praise. فَقَالَ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ O people, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ سَيْءٌ I say what you're used to saying, relax. وَلَا يَسْتَهُوِيَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ Don't let shaitan drag you. 
Ana Muhammad, I am Muhammad. Abdullah wa Rasulu, I am the slave of Allah and his messenger. I don't like for you to raise me above the level that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me. And this is something that the Muslims, a lot, a lot of people who claim to be Muslims today have, give, have uh, gone into, right? They gave the, given the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam levels that he was not given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thereby belittling the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And someone says to you, don't worship me, worship Allah. You say, no, I'm going to worship you. What are you saying about that person? He's a liar. He's saying to worship Allah alone. You say, no, I'm going to worship you out of respect. No, you're not out of respect. You're calling him a liar, basically. That's not respect to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When they raised him above his level. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the best level. He is Khalil of Allah. He is the Khalil of Allah, the close friend of Allah. What did those people they call him today? Habibullah. Why are you bringing it lower? Khalil is higher than Habib. So they say Habibullah. No, it's Khalilullah, the friend of Allah. Like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Inna Allah takhadhani khalilan kama takhadha Ibrahim khalila. Allah has taken me as a Khalil, like he's taken Ibrahim as a Khalil. Allah says in the Quran, Allah Ibrahim khalila. Allah has taken Ibrahim as a Khalil. Khalil is a'adhamu darajat al-muhabba. It's the highest level of love. And so they bring him down to Habibullah. And he says, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Allah is praising him in Isra' wal Mi'raj, he's taking him to Mecca, from Mecca to, to, to Al-Aqsa, from Al-Aqsa to the sky, to the heavens, to meet Allah. Allah says, Subhanallah, Asra Abdahu. Abdihi, sorry. Subhanallah, Asra bi Abdihi, Laylan min al Masjid al Haram ila al Masjid al Aqsa. Allah is exalted the one who done Isra' with his slave, Abd. That's a praise. So the best praise that you can praise the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is. By calling the slave of Allah. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses that in the, in the highest levels of praise. In the highest situation. Yani, this is a situation of honor, right? You're taking him to the heavens. So therefore, he's only going to use the best of words to, to describe him, right? So what, who decides what the best of words are? Allah. And Allah decided that the best word to describe the Prophet وسلم, is the slave of Allah. Subhanallah, asra bi abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-haram ila al-masjid al-aqsa. When he revealed the Quran to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it's a place of honor, right? Allah says, "Tabarak al-ladhi nazzal al-furqan ala abdihi." Blessed is the one who sent down the furqan to his slaves. Honor of Quran, sent down the Quran. This is an honorable situation, but he calls him slave, slave of Allah. So the Prophet, many places. Alhamdulillah, al-ladhi anzal ala abdihi al-kitab wa lam yajalhu iwaja. Alhamdulillah, the one who sent down to his slave the Quran. All of these things showing that the way we should praise the Prophet ﷺ is how Allah praised him. And not invent our own praises that are going to have negative connotations. For example, عشق, they say, أعشقوا, أعشقوا. I have ishq for the Prophet ﷺ. The Sufis, they say this. Ishq, what does ishq mean? Ishq means love. Like what they, the Arabs, the only word they use ishq for is between love, between a husband and a wife. يعني a sexual ishq, sexual love. That's the word ishq, that's what it means. But they use it for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so, ذَمُّهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ أَرَادُوا أَنْ يَمْدَحُوهُ They spoke bad about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but they wanted good. No doubt they wanted good. We're not saying, we're not, we're not saying people, they have bad intention when they say, they say these words. But they, they didn't make it. The, as Ibn Mas'ud, he said, كَمْ مِنْ أُمُرِيدٍ لِلْخَيْرِ لَنْ يُصِيبَ How many people, they wanted good, but they didn't get it. They wanted good. I can use the word, but when you stick to the Quran and the Sunnah, you can never go wrong, right? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا ترفعوني أنا عبد أنا محمد أنا محمد Abdullah, the slave of Allah. وَرَسُولُ وَنَا مِزْمَسْنْجَرَ I don't like for you to raise me above the level that Allah has given me. Allah has given me this level. Don't raise me up and say I am a creator. I'm God. I deserve to be worshipped. Right? 
and the, 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 the ghulu when it comes to praising the Prophet وسلم, and the righteous people, there's shawahid bidalil kathira. There's a lot of places where we see that. Rahu nasa'iyu bi sanadin jayyid. Tayyib says, Tahleeru nasi min al ghulu, staying away from extremism. What a person should say if someone says to you, you say, our Sayyid. What should you say? Sayyidullah, Allah is the Sayyid. Don't let Shaytan drag you, even though they didn't say anything wrong. Did they say anything wrong? They didn't say anything wrong, but the Prophet wanted to close the door of any extremism. I don't, I don't, he said, I don't raise me above my level. Does that mean that we hate the Prophet ﷺ? They say, you guys, you, you people, uh, Wahhabis uh, or Salafis, you hate the Prophet ﷺ. No. We, wanna, we love the Prophet ﷺ more than anyone. Anyone. Well, if the Prophet ﷺ, if he told us to do anything, we will do it. And if Muhammad the Wahhab told us to do something, and it was wrong, we would never follow him. Ever. We would never follow anyone other than the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ doesn't command anything other than the truth. If he was here, we would take his wudu and we would rub it on our faces. And if he was, if he was to spit, we would take his spit and we would rub it on our faces. Tabarruk can be. We're allowed to do tabarruk of the Prophet Sallallahu body. His body is not here anymore. Like if he was there, we would, you, you would do it. If the Prophet Sallallahu told us to celebrate his mawlid, we would celebrate his mawlid. Like he never told us. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told us about, about some people. And we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to make us from those people. And the Muslim Muhammad said, Inna min nasi li. The people who are, the most people who love me, the, the people who love me the most are qawmun, unasun, people. They come after me. One of them. They would love to just see the Prophet وسلم, even if it means that all of their wealth and all of their family were to be destroyed. Just to see the Prophet And this is the people who really love the Prophet وسلم, Those who follow them. Those who follow him. And everyone can claim to love. And when those people they started to claim to love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah sent down an ayah to test you. in kuntum Allah. Say if you follow if you really love Allah, Fatabiuni, then follow me. Don't start making up new ways to, to show your love. Follow me. Fatabiuni, yuhbibukum Allah, Allah will love you. And he'll forgive your sins. Right? This is the way to love the Prophet. Babu Majafi this last chapter is talking about the greatness of Allah. The greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These people they have not understood or have not venerated, respected, and understood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way He actually should be shown. The earth, all of it is going to be in the hand of Allah on the day of judgment. And all of the heavens, they are all going to be rolled up in the right hand of Allah. Allah is above anything that they worship other than Allah. That shows the greatness of Allah. All of the heavens and the earth is going to be in the hand of Allah on that day. How big is Allah then? If we know how big this heaven and earth are, then how big is Allah? And Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu قال, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said, جَاءَ حَبْرٌ مِّنَ الْأَحْبَارِ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. A, 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 a rabbi came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and he said, يَا مُحَمَّدْ أَوْ مُحَمَّدْ إِنَّا نَجِدُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلُ السَّمَوَاتِ عَلَىٰ إِصْبَعٍ That we see in the Quran, we see, sorry, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put the heavens on a finger. And he will put all of the earths on a finger. And the trees on a finger. And water on a finger. And everything above, on the earth above that. On his finger. And all of creation on another finger. 
فَيَقُولُ أَنَا الْمَلِكَ and he will say I am the king فَضَحِكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he laughed حَتَّى بَدَتْ نَوَاجِدُهُ until his teeth were shown تَصْدِيقًا لِقَوْلِ الْحَبْرِ out of يعني confirming the speech of this rabbi what he said it's true ثم قرأ and then he recited وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ that they haven't they, they don't really know Allah how big Allah really is even though you know this you don't know how big Allah سبحانه وتعالى really is and the earth is going to be in his in his hand on the day of judgment وفي رواية مسلم 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 in the narration of Muslim والجبال والشجر على إصبع and the mountains and the trees on a finger ثم يهزهن then he would shake all of this and he would say أنا الملك أنا الله I am the king I am Allah وفي رواية للبخاري in the narration of Bukhari يجعل السماوات على إصبع he would put all of the heavens on a finger والماء والثرى على إصبع and water and the earth on a finger وسائر الخلق على إصبع and all of the rest of creation on a finger as narrated by Bukhari and Muslim showing how big Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ولمسلم عن ابن عمر رضي مرفوعا Muslim also narrates from Ibn Umar يَطْوِ اللَّهُ السَّمَوَاتُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah will roll up the heavens on the, on the day of judgment ثُمَّ يَأْخُذُهُنَّ بِيَدِهِ الْيُمْنَى Then he will take Then he will take The heavens rolled up In his right hand ثُمَّ يَقُولْ He will say أَنَا الْمَلِكُ أَيْنَ الْجَبَّارُونَ I am the king Where are those oppressive leaders? أَيْنَ الْمُتَكَبِّرُونَ Where are those arrogant people? ثُمَّ يَطْوِ الْأَرَضِينَ السَّبَعَ ثُمَّ يَأْخُذُهُنَّ بِشِمَالِهِ And then he will take with his shimal. Does Allah have a left hand? Difference of opinion amongst the salaf. Difference of opinion amongst the salaf. Does Allah have a left hand? Or do we just say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has two hands? And in the hadith, the Prophet said, وَكِلْتَا يَدَيْهِ يَمِينَ Both of the hands of Allah are right. What does that mean? It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his hand, he has a right hand and he has another hand. And not just like a human being, not like a human being, you know a human being. Human being, they have a hand that's stronger and weaker. The Prophet ﷺ said, no, kilta yadihi yameen. Both of his hands are strong, are the same. It's not like a human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his hands, they're not like a human being. Like right hand is stronger than the left. That's what he means by kilta yadihi yameen. Both of his hands are right. Yani both of them are same strength. They're not, they're not weaker in the other one, than the other one. As for saying that Allah has a left hand, this shimal, then this word is, this word is weak, shimal. Rather, the stronger, uh, the stronger narration is, thumma yaakuduhunna biyadi al-ukhra. With his other hand. ثم يقول أنا الملك. I am the king. أين الجبارون? Where are those who are arrogant? أين المتكبرون? Those who are oppressive and arrogant. وروى وروي نعم. Added another one, right? Just added another one. زيادة. Allah has many fingers. عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال. And his, and his hands are not like the hands of the creation. And his fingers are not like the fingers of the creation. In the hadith, the Prophet sallallahu said, The hearts are between the fingers of Allah. And he turns and tosses them however he wants. And he changes how your iman. He gives you iman and he makes another person a kafir. The finger, and that's what it means. And the finger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not like the finger of the creation. There's nothing like Allah. Don't try to imagine it. As some of the they say the Ashaira they say that you guys are mushabbiha. You guys, uh, you guys uh, compare Allah to His creation. No, you say what the Hadith says. We accept it. Like we don't say that the thing is like our finger. Abidan, we don't say that. وروي عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما ابن عباس نريد ما السماوات السبع والأرضون السبع في كف الرحمن إلا كخردلة في يد أحدكم. The seven heavens and the seven earths 
is, is not the, the comparison between that is like a seed in the hand of Allah. In the hand of Allah, all of the heavens and the earth is like a seed in the hand of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ الْجَرِيرِ حَدَّثْنِي يُونُسْ قَالَ أَنْبَأْنَا بْنُ وَهَبٍ قَالَ قَالَ بْنُ يَزِبْنُ زَيْدٍ حَدَّثْنِي أَبِي قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَا السَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعُ فِي الْكُرْسِيِّ إِلَّا كَدَرَاهِمَ سَبْعَةٍ أُلْقِيَتْ فِي تُرْسِ The seven heavens compared to the kursi. The kursi is the footstool of Allah. يعني موضع القدمين زبن عباس رضي الله عنه ما يسد. The footstool of Allah. The kursi compared to the seven in, compared to the heavens is like a coin, a coin, like coins thrown into the desert. The desert. Yani, you throw coins in, in a huge desert. The difference between the, the seven heavens and the kursi of Allah. The kursi is like the, the, the desert. And those the seven heavens are like those coins. Another hadith you're going to see here. وقال قال أبو ذر رضي الله عنه سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ما الكرسي في العرش إلا كحلقة من حديد ألقيت بين ظهري بين ظهري فلات من الأرض. That the comparison between the kursi and the arsh, the kursi is the footstool of Allah and the arsh is the throne of Allah, is like a ring, an iron ring, thrown into a desert. What's the comparison between that? A huge desert and there's a there's a ring. That's the comparison between the kursi and the arsh. The arsh is the biggest of the creation of Allah. When Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, Between the sky and the earth that is 500 years, Between the... Between the heavens. Between the sky and the earth that is 500 years, between the lowest heaven and the one that comes after it is the amount of 70 years. Ibrahim, it's for you. It's for you. Don't be happy. Between the heavens, between the the sky and dunya, والتي تليها and the next one. Oh, there's no remote for the TV, it's turned off. Yeah, Try to turn on from the back or something like that, inshallah. Try to turn on from the back and look, look how to turn on. There's no remote. The lowest heaven and the next one is 500 years. Between each heaven, the seven heavens, seven sama, are the skies, يعني, there's 500 years. And between the, 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 the seventh sky, and the kursi is 500 years. وَبَيْنَ الْكُرْسِيِّ وَالْمَاءِ And between the kursi and the water, the water that is, below the arsh of Allah is upon, is 500 years. وَالْعَرْشُ فَوْقَ الْمَاءِ And the, 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 the arsh of Allah, the throne of Allah is above that water. وَاللَّهُ فَوْقَ الْعَرْشِ And Allah is above that throne. Despite that, لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ مِنْ عَمَالِكُمْ Despite that, nothing that you do is hidden from Allah. Allah still sees you. Despite that distance. أخرجه ابن مهدي عن حماد بن سلمة عن عاصم عن زر عن عبد الله عن حسن حديث عن تز أوثنتك حسن يعني ورواه بنحوه المسعودي عن عاصم عن بوائل عن عبد الله قاله الحافظ الذهبي رحمه الله تعالى قال وله طرق has many different chains of narration وعن العباس بن عبد المطلب this has the last حديث العباس بن عبد المطلب the uncle of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he narrates 
قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said هل تدرون كم بين السماء والأرض do you know the distance between the heavens and the earth قلنا الله ورسوله أعلم we said Allah and the messenger knows best بينهما مسيرة خمسمائة عام between them is five hundred years وبين كل سماء إلى سماء مسيرة خمسمائة عام سنة and between every heaven and sky sorry or heaven you can translate it is 500 years وَكِثَفُ كُلِّ سَمَاءٍ مَسِيرَةُ خَمْسِمِئَةِ عَامٍ and the width, يعني the length or the, 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 the thickness of each sky is 500 years so to get to the next one is 500 years and within it is 500 years itself وَبَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ السَّابِعَةِ وَالْعَرْشِ بَحْرٌ between the seventh heaven and the عرش uh, is a sea بَيْنَ أَسْفَلِهِ وَأَعْلَاهُ كَمَا بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ between the lowest, the, the, the distance between, from the lowest part of that sea and the highest part of that sea or that water is like the heavens and the earth. Wallahu ta'ala and Allah is above that. وَلَيْسَ يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ مِنْ أَعْمَالِ بَنِي آدَمِ And despite that, none of the actions of the son of the children of Adam, they are hidden from him. And this hadith is weak. Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala alam. And that shows the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of his, his size and how big Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ And despite that, we're never going to understand the reality of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And this is our creator, the one that we worship. And the people of Tawheed, they only worship Allah azza wa jal. And they don't worship anyone other than Allah. And this is why the author, he ended this kitab with this. They started the kitab by showing the obligation of Tawheed. And he ended this book by showing why Tawheed, why you should worship Allah. Because this is Allah azza wa jal, the great creator of the heavens and the earth. The one who is more merciful to us than our own mothers. The one who created us from nothing. And the one who is going to resurrect us on the day of judgment and account us. And whoever does good, then he will be given Jannah. And whoever does evil, then he will be given the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the hellfire. Allahumma ati nufusana taqwaha. Wa zakiha anta khayru man zakaha. Anta waliyuha wa mawlaha. Allahumma khtim lana bil ihsan. Allahumma khtim lana bil ihsan. Allahumma ghfir lana dhunubana. Wa israfana fi amrina. Wa thabit aqdamana. وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين ربنا أتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وعند المسائل في الزباب الأولى تفسير قول الله تعالى تفسير الآية وما قدر الله والأرض جميعا قبضته يوم القيامة All of the heavens and the earth they will be held by Allah in the day of judgment الثانية أن هذه العلوم وأمثالها باقية عند اليهود The Jews they had this knowledge في زمن الثامة of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم لم ينكروها ولم يتأولوها they never denied it. Yeah, they didn't say how. Like the Asha'ira, the Sufis, the Asha'ira today, what did they say? You guys are, you guys are, um, and people who are, you guys are comparing Allah to his creation. That's what they say. The Jews themselves didn't do that, let alone, these, let alone the Muslims. So how are these people now doing this? It's trying to explain in wrong ways, saying Allah is not above. How can Allah not be above? Because Allah created everywhere, so how can, how can he be somewhere? We say Allah is above everywhere. Allah is above everywhere. طيب. So, and this is the Quran and the Sunnah. Why are, we, why are we going to have to now think about these things? How is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how does he do this? What did they say? They say, no, Allah is not above and he's not below. And he's not on the right and he's not on the left. And he's not in and he's not out. Where is he then? And there's no Allah. What's that? You just describe nothing. If someone asks you, describe nothing. What would you say? It's not above and it's not below. It's not left, it's not right, it's not in, it's not out, right? That's nothing. So they, they describe Allah with that. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us Ar-Rahman ala arsh istawa Ar-Rahman ala arsh istawa And yeah, they, they, they describe it in a different way Al-Thalitha number three is Anna al-Habra lamma dhakara lil-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Saddaqahu wa nazal al-Qur'ana bi-taqririhi 
that when the, the Jew, he spoke to the Prophet ﷺ about this, the Prophet ﷺ confirmed that it's true. الرابع وقوع الضحك الكثير من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he laughed a lot when this great knowledge was mentioned to him. الخامسة التصريح بذكر اليدين that Allah has two hands وأن السماوات في اليمنى والأرضين في اليد الأخرى that the heavens are in his right hand and the earth is in his other hand. Notice he didn't say left hand, he said other hand. السادسة التصريح بتسميتها الشمال here he takes the opinion and there is difference of opinion amongst the Salaf that is a left hand. So some of them they mentioned it's the left hand and the difference of opinion, this is no problem, this is one of the examples of difference of opinion in Aqeedah. One of the examples of difference of opinion in Aqeedah. But despite that, the majority of Aqeedah is agreed upon. As opposed to Fiqh, where the majority of it is not agreed upon. Right? Uh, mentioning the arrogant people at that time, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's the only one who deserves to have that characteristic. التاسع عظم الكرسي بالنسبة إلى السماوات العاشرة عظمة العرش بالنسبة إلى الكرسي الحادي عشر أن العرش غير الكرسي The عرش is not the كرسي Some people they get confused The عرش is not They think the عرش is the كرسي The عرش is the throne of Allah And the كرسي is موضع القدمين The كرسي is different And they say يعني as Ibn Abbas said The place of the feet The two feet الثامنة الثانية عشرة Number 12 is كمبين كل سماء إلى السماء Distance between each heaven الثالثة عشرة كمبين السماء السابعة والكرسي How the difference or the distance between the 7th heaven and the كرسي الرابعة كمبين الكرسي والماء كرسي and the water الخامسة أن العرش فوق الماء العرش is above water أن الله فوق العرش الله is above the throne سبحانه وتعالى كمبين السماء والأرض Distance between the heavens and the earth الثامنة عشرة كثف كل سماء خمسمائة سنة how big the each heaven is five hundred years from the bottom of it to the end of it to the top of it التاسعة عشرة أن البحر الذي فوق السماوات بين أعلاه وأسفله مسيرة خمسمائة عام سنة that the the sea that is above all of those heavens is five hundred years in terms of how from the bottom to the top هذا آخر الأبواب والمسائل this is the end of the أبواب of the book and the Masail, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. And my advice to you guys after finishing this book is to repeat it again and again and again. And don't get bored of it. You'll never get, Wallah, this kitab is amazing. Yeah, it's nothing other than Quran and Sunnah. And very rarely does he mention his own speech, right? Very rarely. Everything that we've taken was only from the Quran and Sunnah, right? It was nothing else. It was not addition from the author himself, except for a few places where he brought the Kalam of Ibn Taymiyyah to explain the Shafa'ah, for example, or Ibn Qayyim. Like other than that, it's Quran and Sunnah. And engrossing Tawheed into the hearts of the people is one of the most important things because everything else comes after it. When the people, they respect Allah in that way and they know Allah in that way, then they have no choice other than to obey Him now. And no doubt, sins is only a lack of knowing Allah. That is a result of not knowing Allah. Sins are a result of not knowing Allah the way He deserves to be known and the way He should be known. Because if a person really truly knew Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way He truly should be known, then He would never sin. That's why Allah, that's why Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا تَوْبَةُ عَلَى اللَّهِ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السُّوءَ بِجَهَالَةٍ Those people that Allah will accept their repentance are those people who sin out of ignorance. They sin out of ignorance. يعني ignorance of the sin. If they're ignorant of the sin, it wouldn't be a sin. But they were ignorant of Allah, as Ibn Mas'udi said. They're ignorant of Allah. They didn't know Allah the way He should have known. Everyone, every single one of us. We have slum deficiency in Tawheed. 
whether it be a little, whether it be a lot. People who do a lot of sins, they have a larger deficiency. And the people who do little sins, then they have less of a deficiency. But every deficiency is based on not knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, مثلا, for example, if a person who really knew the hellfire, how it was, if he saw it with his own eyes, is he going to be the same as, as a person who didn't see it with his own eyes? Of course not. He's going to be more scared of it. If a person who really knows Allah is watching him all the time, Allah is really, he knows Allah is watching him all the time, is it possible that he's going to do a sin? No, therefore we have a deficiency in, in, in knowing that Allah is al-Raqib. Some deficiency. Some people are more, some people are less. Some people their deficiency is very little, and some people are deficiency is a lot. So when they're alone, they can do any sin they want. But if their parents were there, they wouldn't do that sin. Sah? But and so therefore who it's as if you don't know that you know that your parents are there, but you don't know Allah's watching you? That's ignorance, right? Tawheed therefore is a solution to all of these sins. Tawheed is a solution to all of these things. For a person to understand it and act by it and call to it. Is a solution for all of this. So repeat this book again and again until death. Don't be, يعني, don't be deceived or don't be mm, يعني, tricked by people who belittle the importance of this tawheed. The Prophet والسلام, is enough for you. When he was dying, he never stopped calling to tawheed. When he went to Medina after 13 years to call him from calling to tawheed, Allah still told him, Fa'lam annahu la ilaha illallah. No, there is la ilaha illallah. Tawheed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding the Prophet وسلم, of tawheed. If there was anyone who did not need to be reminded of Tawheed, it would be the Prophet Sallallahu right? Allah still said, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا In Medina, He revealed this ayah. When Ibrahim, when Ibrahim and Yaqub, they were children, they were dying. If there was anyone who did not need the reminder of Tawheed, it would be who? The children of the Prophets, amongst them being a Prophet Yusuf. But Allah still mentions to us, وَصَّابِهَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ بَنِيهُ وَيَعْقُوبُ يَا بَنِيهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَعَ لَكُمُ الدِّينِ أم كنتم شهداء إذ حضر يعقوب الموت؟ أو were you witnesses when death came to Yaqub? Remember when death came to Yaqub, the Prophet Yaqub who has those twelve children. Yaqub is Israel. His name is Israel. These twelve tribes of Benu Israel they come from Yaqub. One of them being Yusuf, the Prophet Yusuf. أم كنتم شهداء إذ حضر يعقوب الموت؟ When death came to Yaqub, إذ قال لبنيه when he said to his children, ما تعبدون من بعدي من بعدي? What are you going to worship after him? قالوا نعبد إلهك we're going to worship you. وإلهه آبائك إبراهيم وإسماء وقلنا واشب يا لود وقلنا واشب يا لود قال نعبد إلهك يا لو يا كريتر يا إله وإلهه آبائك إبراهيم وإسماعيل وإسحاق إلههم واحدا ونحن لهم ونحن لهم مسلمون وقلنا واشب يا كريتر and the creator of Ibrahim and Ismail and Ishaq your fathers all of them constantly remind them of Tawheed when Yusuf went inside the prison he's in a state of prison he's in prison and and they ask him to interpret a dream what does he say to the prisoners He's not keeping back. He says, "Arabu mutafarriquna khairun amillahu alwahid alqahar." Is there is it better for you to worship multiple lords or to worship Allah alone? It's calling tawhid in prison. Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is about to die. That is about to die. Prophet alayhi salatu wasallam said, "La'anatullahi ala al-yahudi, la'anallahu al-yahudi, al-yahudi wa al-nasara." Curse of Allah be upon the Jews and the Christians when they took the graves of their prophets as masajid, as places of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa taala. When the Prophet alayhi salatu wasallam he came and he conquered Mecca, he was the first thing that he done was what? To go to those idols and to smash those idols. And he's saying, قُلْ جَاءَ الْحَقُّ Or he's saying, جَاءَ الْحَقُّ وَزَهَقَ الْبَاطِلِ إِنَّ الْبَاطِلَ كَانَ زَهُقَ The truth has come and the falsehood has perished. Because falsehood is naturally bound to perish. يعني, this is always, from the beginning of his da'wah to the end of his da'wah is tawheed. And don't be deceived by the strangeness of this fact. When a person is going and he's going to be teaching, whether he's going to teach his family or whether he's teaching his relatives, or whether he's going to be on a higher scale when he gets to a level of knowledge where he is 
giving classes or he's giving talks or he's called to do khutbah in the masjid, don't ever be shy to call to tawheed. And this only came recently, or not recently, subhanAllah, it only came when the people, when the people they either did not know tawheed or when we had these groups today, these new groups today, when they on purpose, they purposefully, they belittled tawheed, purposefully. Where they said, don't talk about tawheed. Let's talk about politics, it's, it's more important. Because that's what's going to fix the people. If we get into position of power, we can fix the people, right? That's what they said. The Prophet ﷺ was offered position of power. That he said, he did, and they said, they said, they said to, him, to, the, to the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, if you want, we'll give you all the wealth of the Arabs. I will make you a king and we'll give you all of our women. Marry whoever you want. All of these women of the Arabs, marry whoever you want. Just stop calling to Islam. The Prophet ﷺ, did he accept that? He never accepted it. And so those people who, those jama'at, those, group, those groups, especially from those, the Ikhwan Muslimin, Muslim Brotherhood, those people, those groups, and it's important to mention because their da'wah seeped into a lot of people today. And a lot of du'a today seeped into it. Where they don't talk about Tawheed, everything, they talk about everything, everything other than Tawheed. Talk about stories, they talk about heart softening, they talk about something that happens in a country, something that happens here and there. Everything they talk about, but when it comes to Tawheed and Shirk, they say, no, Braille is okay. They're Muslims, Dio Band is okay, you can be upon bid'ah, it's fine. There's no problem. As long as you're Muslim, we've come together, we're stronger together. Why? Because we can get power. When we get power, then we'll call them Tawheed. It goes against the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ, and it goes against intellect. How is that going to happen? People who will hate each other, they're going to, you think they're going to unite together? As the Prophet ﷺ, Allah says in the Quran, تَحْسَبُهُمْ جَمِيعًا وَقُلُوبُهُمْ شَتَّى About the Jews. You assume outwardly they look united, but in reality in their hearts, their قُلُوبُهُمْ شَتَّى Their hearts are disunited. The only way that people can be united is by Tawheed. So my brothers and sisters, you guys are people, inshallah, are going to be du'a to Allah. You're going to be people who are calling to Allah. Remember this, remember this, and you're going to see a lot of things that are going to become clear to you when you mix with certain groups, when you mix with certain more individuals, more Muslims and non-Muslims. When you mix them, these people, these things, are, these things are going to become more and more clear to you. But the way forward is to stay firm upon this. Do what you've been commanded and turn away from those. Mushrikeen or anyone who tells you to do other than what Allah has commanded you to do. Stay upon this Tawheed, inshaAllah ta'ala, that will be the end of this book. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit us from this and to give us, uh, to accept it from us. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sima'u al-alim wa tub'alina innaka anta tawabu al-rahim. Wa end it there wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in.